Well, uh, good morning, everyone. Good to hear the, the chatter. Uh, oh, thank you. Thank you. Good morning. Well, as Phil mentioned, we're on week three of our series, 40 Days with Jesus. And uh, how have you found it so far? Have, have you, has, has something spoken to you from this series so far? By now, most of you know that I'm a, I'm a teacher, and that means I like asking questions. I like some participation from my students. Um, but uh, has, has, something, has something spoken to you from this series already? Because as, as leadership of Encounter Church, we, we, we believe and we're praying that this series will be beneficial to all of us, that in some significant way we will all encounter Jesus as we, as, as we come together and, and learn about these encounters that Jesus had post his resurrection. And maybe even today, maybe there's, there's something that God wants to speak to you afresh some, something God wants to do in your life afresh. And um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's good to be expectant to, um, to what God wants to do in our lives. Or maybe as you come together in a, in a connect group throughout the week, God wants to meet with us in, in a fresh way in this, in this season. You know, we don't just want to read about people encountering Jesus. We want to be the people that, that encounter Jesus. So let, let's be expectant as, as we go through this series. But I've got another question for you. And something I always ask my students. What, what was the topic that we discussed last week? What did we do last lesson? Anyone remembers? What, what was it that we discussed last week? What was that, Duncan? The road to Emmaus. That's right. It was, it was called an eye-opening journey, isn't it? And, and the two main points that, that we discussed was that our vision of Jesus can be blurred, but also the second one is that our vision of Jesus can be corrected. That's why the, the two things that, that we focused on last week. And uh, one of the, the, the main points that, that God uses to, to help to correct our vision was the Scripture. The teaching of Scripture opens our eyes to, to see Jesus in a clearer and, and better way. So the Word of God is, is really important to us, isn't it? It really opens our eyes to see God better. It gives us vision. The truth of who Jesus is is, is really powerful in, in our lives. And one of my favorite descriptions of, of, of the Bible, of the, or the effects of the Bible on us, comes from Psalm 119. And uh, it says that the entrance of God's Word gives light. It says the entrance of your words brings light. Ah, I mentioned this story in our connect group on, on Wednesday. That, uh, on Monday morning, I was getting ready to, to, to go to work. As teacher, we just get a measly week off for half term. It's just disgrace, really. And Monday morning, the first Monday morning back is, is always the worst. You know, just, just getting ready and running slightly late. I'm not proud of it, but I'm, you know, running slightly late for, for work. Almost ready to leave, and then I can't find my classroom keys. 
and I need the classroom keys. And uh, during the half term, my wife Zoe was actually rearranging some furniture in our bedroom. And she, and she moved the wardrobe that had my keys on it. So I go to, the, to my new shelf, and I'm searching there. There's a little box. Uh, I looked into the box. I'm sure the keys will be there. I looked into the box. The, ca- the keys are not there. So I'm searching in the bedroom. Then I go elsewhere, search around the house. It's not there. So I go back to the bedroom, search there, take the box. I'm, sh- I'm sure the keys must be there. I looked in the box. Keys are not there. So then I had to wake up my poor wife. I was a little bit annoyed, you know, where, where did she hide my keys? And then she wakes up, takes the box, and the keys are in the box. <laughs> I looked twice in that box, but it was just, it was, it was dark in our bedroom. And I could not see the keys without light. And, and the, the verse says that the entrance of God's word brings light. Sometimes we can, we can be looking at, at the thing directly and still can't see it with, without light. Well, God's Word gives us light to, to see things, to see reality as, as it truly is, to see God as He truly is, to see ourselves as we, as we truly are. And uh, one of my... There's, there's, there's many different significant scriptures that can really turn on the light for us, isn't it? And, and one of my favorite ones, one of the more, more significant, significant ones in my opinion, is from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, chapter 5, verse 17. Does anyone know this verse? Another question in my teacher mode. Does anyone know 2 Corinthians 5, 17? Very good, Elaine. Getting extra points today. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. It says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We're going to unpack some of the truths in this verse a little bit later, but for now, we want to together read from John chapter 20 about the third encounter that Jesus had with, post his resurrection, this time with his disciples. We're going to be reading from John chapter 20, verses 19 to 29. And this scene happened on Sunday evening, so still the very day that Jesus rose from the dead. He rose from the dead in the morning, now it's evening on the same day, and he's going to appear to his disciples. So if you read with me from John chapter 20, verse 19. It says, When it was evening of the first day of the week, the disciples were gathered together with the doors locked, because they feared the Jews. Jesus came, stood among them, and said to them, Peace be with you. Having said this, he showed them his hands and his side. So the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. After saying this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, 
they are retained. But Thomas, called twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples were telling him, we've seen the Lord. But he said to them, if I don't see the marks of the nails in his hands, put my finger into the mark of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will never believe. A week later, his disciples were indoors again, and Thomas was with them. Even though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he also said to Thomas, Put your finger, where, put your finger here and look at my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Don't be faithless, but believe. Thomas responded to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Amen. I was always drawn to this scene of Jesus breathing on his disciples. It's, uh, it's kind of one of the first things that he does after his resurrection, and it's just, it's just a bit dramatic, isn't it? You can kind of visualize the scene. It's very vivid. Just stand there, just breathing on his disciples. But it's, a, it's a very, it's, a, it's an act full of significance, actually. When we think about the, the, the creation, um, right, at the beginning in, in Genesis, when God created the world and created humanity, the first creation, it says that he formed Adam out of the dust of the earth, out of the, the physical elements. But then it says that he, he breathed the breath of life into Adam and he became a living being. Now, because of sin... Death entered into creation, and, and the, the first creation was, was corrupted. But, but this changes with Jesus. Jesus has dealt with sin, and, and he overcame and conquered death as he rose from the grave. And so now Jesus is here with his disciples to kickstart the, the new creation, just like God breathed the breath of life in the first creation, here is Jesus breathing again the, the breath of life to start a new creation. And this act reminds us of that. It's just, just a nice image going back to, to, to Genesis. And Jesus is starting something new now, breathing on his disciples, inviting them to be part of that new creation Hey, they are to receive this new breath of life. And when Jesus rose from the grave, he wasn't just resuscitated. Many people have, have died and, and were resuscitated back to life. Even miraculously, like, like Lazarus, three days later, he was resuscitated back to life. Now, we don't know how many years Lazarus lived after Jesus brought him back to life. But we definitely know that in the end, Lazarus died again. But Jesus wasn't just resuscitated, just brought back to life. No, Jesus was resurrected. He, he conquered death and now has a new resurrected body, clothed with immortality. Jesus will, will never die again. 
And the good news that the Bible tells us is that Jesus is the first fruits. He's just the beginning. That, that just like Jesus was resurrected, all those who believe in him will also be resurrected. They'll be given these new immortal bodies. We'll, be, we'll become part of the new creation, not corrupted by, by sin and cursed by death. No, we, we can now become part of this, this new creation that, that Jesus has, has begun. And, and uh, this, this fact of this, uh, this new resurrection, it, it bursts. There's this new hope in us, a, a living hope in our, in our lives, doesn't it? And it's this hope that does not disappoint. Because many people in this life have, have a kind of hope. But their hope is more of a wishful thinking, just hoping things will turn out just okay. But our hope is is of a different kind. Our hope is is certain because it's based on the resurrection of Jesus. In in week one, Pastor Phil was talking about the many convincing proofs that we have of the resurrection of Jesus. Jesus. We can be certain that the new creation is here, and we've been invited to be a part of that. So our hope is not a wishful thinking. Our hope is, is firm, is, on the, is based on the foundation of the, of the reality of the resurrection of, of Jesus. And this, I find this idea of new creation also quite, quite interesting, because what, what is this new creation about? Well, it's it's not God starting completely from scratch again. It's not like a flood where God just wipes everything away and, and starts afresh. Now, this, this new creation is, is a bit different. It's more of a transformation of the old creation. It's, it's, making the, it's trying, taking the old broken and, and making it whole again and, and making it even better than before. In the, in the new creation, God takes the old and transforms it, makes it better. We, we can see that in the resurrected body of, of Jesus. That he was the same but different at the same time. He still had the scars from the nails in his hands, the, the wounds in his side. Yet he could appear in a, in a room with, that had closed doors. Sometimes... The people struggled to recognize him, but then they did recognize him. It was still the old Jesus, but transformed somehow. This new creation takes the old and transforms it. It improves it. It makes it whole again, but makes it better. I like the analogy that, that Paul gives us in the, in, in the Scripture. He, 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 gives, he, he gives this example of a seed and a flower. This is Seed and the flower, they look very different, but in essence, they are the same thing. Uh, when we plant the seed, the, the flower grows, and in a similar way is the new creation. We, we are the seed now, but one day we will grow into the full flower. Very, very different, but in essence, still, still the same. And this fact of the new creation, it gives us a great hope, because it means that our actions truly matter. They have eternal significance. What we do truly matters. The sacrifice that Jesus did on the cross, 
is forever part of him. He forever bears the marks of, of his sacrifice in his resurrected body. And so it will be with, with our sacrifices, with, with our hard work, with, with all of the effort that we put in, that will forever be, be part, of, part of who we are. But it will, be, it will become better and transformed. But this great hope of that our, our lives truly matter, what we do, the little choices that we make every day, they, they truly matter. That our life has a meaning and, and significance. And this is Paul's conclusion as he, as he talks about resurrection in 1 Corinthians 15. He says that we know that our labor in the Lord is not in vain. That what we do really matters. And uh, it's, it's interesting as we, as we think about uh, this faith in, in, in afterlife, in, in what will happen one day as we'll be resurrected. Because the, the opposite side, and atheism, atheism doesn't really have an answer to, to death. Death is a, is a real issue that the atheism can't deal with. I've, I've talked to a few of my colleagues that are atheists about this, about this very issue. Because if, if death is really the final end, if there is nothing after that, then does, does anything really matter? Does it really matter if we live a virtuous life like Mother Teresa or an evil life like, like Hitler? Would it matter in the end if, if death is, is, is all there is? But just every, every success will ultimately be meaningless. But the good news is that death is not that there is. There, there is a resurrection and we've been invited to be a part of that. And it's a certain hope that we have because of the, of the proof that we have of the resurrection of Jesus. We know that Jesus rose again, and he's inviting us to be part of that new creation with him. And so our lives have a meaning and purpose as, as we become part of that new creation and will live with him forever. As we, as we talk about some of these uh, things, of, of, this, of this glorious future that's, that's ahead of us, uh, it fills us with a little bit of joy, doesn't it? Just thinking about how bright our future is. Again, our, our future is bright. We've got it, we've got it made. Again, it's, it's, we've got this, this amazing hope, and that fills us with joy. And just think about it, when the curse is finally lifted and we can enjoy creation fully, to the full extent. And joy is certainly one of the things that we should experience as we encounter Jesus. Jesus brings joy into our lives. It's one of the things that Jesus does. He brings joy into our lives. Again, we read that in the passage as, as Jesus appeared among his disciples. It says there were overjoyed as Jesus, as Jesus appeared in their, in their midst. And if, you, if you've got the, the 40 Days with Jesus book and, and following those devotionals, keep reading because on day 17, there's a really, really uh, interesting, um, interesting section about how this passage of disciples being overjoyed over Jesus appearing, is translated to the Inuits, you know, the people that live in the North Pole. 
you'll, you'll have to just read to find out how it was translated. And I know some of you are now, now thinking, I need to buy the book uh, to find out. So we're always a little bit nosy, isn't it? But that's, that's my sales pitch. You know, we, we still have some books to sell, so please get them. <laughs> but uh, it's, joy is, is something that's very important in the, in the life of a Christian. Jesus brings joy into our lives. And what is joy? Joy is more than just happiness. Joy is much, much deeper, isn't it? Joy isn't dependent just on our moods, how we wake up in the morning. Joy is this underlying knowing that our future is going to be amazing. Yeah, there's just this positive attitude, this, this satisfaction just deep inside of us. That no matter how, how bumpy the, the week ahead of us is going to be, in the end, our future is going to be amazing. Uh, we can be going through a tough time and still have this joy within us because of, Jesus, because of the hope that we have in Jesus. But another hallmark of being with Jesus is his peace, isn't it? I mean, we've read that in the passage three times. Jesus told his disciples, peace be with you. Peace be upon you. Jesus brings peace into our lives. When Jesus comes, there's, there's peace that we can experience. But one of the most important aspects of, of this peace that Jesus brings into our lives is actually peace that we have with God. Because of the sacrificial work of Jesus, we now have peace with God. We were God's enemies. But Jesus suffered on our behalf, and he brought peace. He brought reconciliation between us and God. And, and that brings a massive difference into our lives. Because being able to now live in harmony with God, it, it brings us real internal peace. Just living in harmony with God makes such a difference. Most of you will know a French scientist, Blaise Pascal, he, he said this about, about peace, or the lack of. He said, all of humanity's problems stem from men's inability to sit quietly in a room alone. All of humanity's problems stem from men's inability to sit quietly in a room alone. There's certain restlessness, lack of peace that drives us to do all sorts of things. But Jesus brings peace into our lives. When we start to live in harmony with God, we start to experience this, this harmony in, in other parts of our lives too. It's like it's, we have this peace with ourselves. We start to have peace with, with other people. This, this peace with God just, just spills into every area of our lives. When Jesus comes to our midst, he brings new hope. He, he brings new joy into our lives. He brings new peace into our lives. But he also brings new power and authority, and, and he gives us new purpose. We read that Jesus told his, the disciples, As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And then he tells them to receive the Holy Spirit that will empower them to continue his mission. 
we have a real authority to proclaim to the people the truth and good news of the forgiveness of sins through the blood of Jesus. We've been commissioned to, to do that. Now again, uh, most of you will know that I grew up in the, in the Czech Republic, and Czech Republic is known to be one of the most atheistic countries in, in the whole world. And I'm from a particularly godless region. So to give you an example, in my primary school, I was the only Christian in the, in the entire school. My high school got a bit better. There was one Catholic girl there with me, so that was, that, that was good. But it's a, Czech Republic is known to be very atheistic. And, and unfortunately, uh, this, this, this caused me to develop certain cynicism. And sometimes I, I, still, I still struggle with that, but this, sometimes this cynicism that people don't really want to hear the good news and, and cause me to be a bit reluctant in sharing the, the good news of Jesus with people. Now, in 2017, me and my wife attended this conference in, in the Czech Republic in, in Prague called Awakening Europe. And it's this conference is in different European city each year, and it's an evangelistic conference. So the purpose of the conference is to get as many Christians together as, as possible in, in, the, in the city, just thousands of Christians, and then flood the streets of the city with the good news of, of, of Jesus. Now, going to the conference, I was, I was thinking, you know, what is it going to be like? might have worked in, in Germany the, the year before, but how is, it going to, how is it going to be in the Czech Republic? How will people respond to, to the preaching of, of the good news in Czech Republic? How, how will it be? Hundreds and hundreds of people encountered Jesus that, that, that weekend, and it was so amazing for me to, to see that. I thought, now people will, will not want to hear about it, but people did. When, when we got together and were filled with the Spirit, the, the power of the Spirit, people heard the good news and, and responded. And hundreds and hundreds of people encountered Jesus. My best friend from, from high school, he, he experienced God's touch during that conference, and, and he is on a, on a journey now. It was just amazing to, to see. And Jesus has given us power and authority to proclaim the good news to the people around us, the forgiveness of sins in his name. And, and when we do, people will be forgiven we have a real authority to bring this forgiveness of Jesus into people's lives. We've been given this power to speak life into people. That this is what Jesus brings into our lives. Now, as we slowly come, come to an end, I want to go back to the passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, 
all things, all things have become new. What I want you to notice here is the present tense. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Not will be a new creation, he is a new creation. This transformation from old to new to better is described here as a present reality for all believers. This is for all of us as a present reality. And if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Do you, do you believe that as we, as we come to an end? Do you, do you believe that this is, this is really the, the, the truth? Do you believe that you are new creation? That you've been given this new joy and peace and power by, by Jesus? Because the, the last issue that Jesus deals with in this passage is, is the issue of faith and the issue of, of unbelief, isn't it? And Jesus really encourages us not to be faithless, but to believe that this is really the case, that Jesus has really rose from the dead and, and we are really a part of this new creation that he has started do you, do you believe that, that you have, you have received those things, that you are part of that new creation? It is up to us to respond in faith to, uh, to, to, to these truths, isn't it? We, we, have to, we have to respond in faith to, to, to this good news when, when Jesus comes to us, when we encounter him. Now, what do we do when we don't experience that, that joy? And what do we do where we realize that sometimes we, we, don't have that, we, we don't have that peace? We still have to respond in faith. Now, what does that, what does that look like practically? I find it quite easy to, to, to respond in faith through thanksgiving. This is, for me, a very easy, practical way how I can respond in faith is through giving thanks. If I'm not experiencing God's joy in my life, I sometimes just say this, thank you, Jesus, for the joy that you bring into my life. I'm not experiencing, but I'm in faith responding and thanking Jesus for, because that is the reality. I am a new creation. And and sometimes just their response in, in faith, a simple thank you for the joy that I'm not experiencing, but I believe Jesus has given me is enough for me to then experience it. Because as the Bible says, faith is the reality of the things hoped for. As we respond in faith, those things start to become more of a reality in our lives. We have to respond in faith to, to these things. Sometimes it's appropriate to, to even give, give thank you to the Holy Spirit because He is, he is the one that, that births the new creation in us. The Bible describes Him as he's the, he's the down payment of our inheritance to come. And so sometimes just say, thank you, Holy Spirit, for the, for the peace that, that you give me. 
Thank you, Holy Spirit, for the, for the great power that, that, that you've given me to impact people around me with the, with the love of God. Just, just saying that, that thank you in faith often just, just releases that reality into our lives. Because that's what Jesus encourages us in this passage, to be actively believing. He says, don't be, don't be faithless, don't be unbelieving, but believe. And, and notice how, how different this, this, um, this faith, this, this response in faith is to just asking. Instead of asking God for more joy and more peace, we are already thanking Him for the joy and peace that He's given us. Now, there's nothing wrong with, with asking. And we can see that in the passage, Thomas, he, he was asking and, and he, he did receive his, his request in the passage. But Jesus is encouraging us to, to go beyond that, to, to, to start believing, to go from just asking to believing that this is truly the reality in our lives, that we have the Holy Spirit who started that new creation in us. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation and we have encountered Jesus, we believe in him, and therefore we have this new joy and peace and purpose and, and power and authority active in our lives. That Jesus has already begun that, that, that new creation in our lives, and we can experience it now through faith and, and the Holy Spirit. So just as we close, just a little challenge to you. Why, why didn't you try to adopt this attitude of faith in, in the coming week. See what difference it makes when we, when we believe the reality of the resurrection of Jesus and, and us being a part of that. That we are now in the present tense a part of the, 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 the new creation. Let's all adopt this attitude of faith, which again, you can easily express through thanksgiving. Let's, let's just reflect on that and, and pray together. Maybe if you can just stand with me, just to, just to stretch your legs a bit as we, as we come to an end. Father, we are so, so grateful for the reality of, of the, the resurrection of Jesus. We thank you that our hope is certain. It's not based on some, on some made-up stories. We thank you that the reality of, of Jesus is, is, is so certain that our hope is secure, believing in, in, in the resurrection of Jesus. And we thank you that it's not just something that believe happened in the past, but if, if Jesus is truly alive, he is alive today. So we thank you that we can experience the resurrected life of Jesus in our lives today. This is not just something nice that we talk about happened in the past, but is a present reality for us. So we're grateful for the life of Jesus, and we pray that we, we can continue to encounter Jesus in a greater, in a deeper way. Thank you for this series that, that we are going through together as a church. 
We pray that you would come into our midst as we, as we gather here Sunday after Sunday, as we meet during the week in our connect groups and, and in other activities. We pray in Jesus, come into our midst. We want to experience more of you. Thank you, Jesus, for the joy that you bring into our lives, for the new hope that you've birthed within us, for the peace that surpasses all understanding that you have given us, for the power and authority to impact other people with the, with the truth of, of the love of God that you, you have given us. But we, we are praying that you would help us to respond in faith, help our unbelief. When we can't quite see this, this reality, help us to, to believe, to respond to you in faith. Help us to, to believe the truth of, of who you are, that you are alive, Jesus, you are active in our lives, that you're present with us that you, you've already started the transformation into that new creation, that you make us better, that the old is gone and the new has come into our lives. Help us to, to believe it this week. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.